All right, and once again, welcome to Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors, Citizens of the Kingdom of Heaven. And we got a special uh, teaching we want to be sharing with you over these uh, next couple of days uh, since we're approaching uh, another Holy Week, another powerful Holy Week that's coming up. And uh, we've been teaching in this series, this vein, Laws of the Kingdom, Laws of the Kingdom. It's very important for us as citizens to learn the laws of the kingdom that we have become a part of. Now, during the teaching, you can go back and check it out uh, on the different social media platforms. They are there when we first started. And some of the important things we covered uh, were the distinctions between the original words that were used for law. Because when you look at the translation that translated from the Greek text, uh, the Greek word nomos was used and you can't make a distinction between which particular uh, definition it was making reference to. Was it talking about the Torah, which is the lead teaching that come from the leader who established the covenant when he was nailed to the cross and was resurrected? Or were you talking about that in the Hebrew, which are decrees of a kingdom? Or whether or not he was talking about uh, Safat uh, in the Hebrew, uh, which are different uh, laws, national laws, civil laws, and things like that. This way, you know, there's a, it's a lot of mix-up, but the mix-up have been straightened up by going to the original language and find, finding out which word uh, definition he was talking about when you see the word law in your translations. Now, that's hard to do from the Greek text, which is actually a, is not the original. The Hebrew Messianic scriptures are the original uh, text in the Hebrew language. So we made some, uh, we, we covered uh, uh, difference between the kingdom laws and the traditional laws of the elders, the religious laws. Uh, we went through a lot in this particular teaching to get us to a point when we read the scripture, study the scripture, we have a better understanding. Because dealing with scripture, if you don't understand the precept of kingdom and have those concepts in you, then it's difficult to get a proper understanding of what the scripture is talking about, thereby that'll leave you in the footsteps of religion man-made humanistic religion. That's how important it is to go back to the original. And what we're gonna deal with today is a Holy Week Unleavened Bread. Holy, Holy Week Unleavened Bread. Now, we're gonna give you uh, some concepts relative uh, to a kingdom, some kingdom concepts, which is very important that we understand kingdom concepts, that we have these concepts in us. And what is con? It means together, with, agree, what is uh, sep? Sep mean thought. So the thoughts that agree with the original thoughts, and that's the word precept, of the kingdom of heaven. Now, um, we're gonna look at this, uh, we're gonna go into uh, some concepts of the kingdom. Now, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, this should be up there on your screen. The kingdom of heaven is the government the territory of Elohim that is completely under his rule. It's very important before we talk about the feast days, unleavened bread or anything else, we gotta make sure we understand this and go from that perception. The kingdom of heaven is the government, the territory of Elohim that is completely under his rule, his control, his authority, his culture, not the culture of the world, but his culture conforming to his order. In a kingdom, the king owned everything. So you can see there is a great opposite contrasting difference between a kingdom, especially the kingdom of heaven, and democracy or republic or a communist government. Now, all of us uh, were born into a culture, a democratic or republic uh, type governing uh, government. You know, and it's, 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 it's the people wills, the will of the people. It's not the will of the king, it's the will of the people. Every religion, every religion, any religion does not fit this category because the kingdom is not a religion. Mo uh, Islam, Muslim, that's a religion. Hinduism is a uh, religion. You got Baha, all the uh, Christianity is a religion. So religions do not fit within the structure of a kingdom. That's why when Yeshua, the Messiah, came here, he said, you got to change the way that you think. He was telling the Judaizers too, Judaism is a religion. I forgot to mention that one. He said, because now another government is here, another country is here, and you can't think like you've been thinking 
based on the religious system that's in place. So let's get another concept. Uh, point number two, uh, if we can go there on our screen to point number two, the kingdom of Elohim is the place. I need my text to get in place. The kingdom of Elohim, we can do that later. The kingdom of Elohim is the place in which his influence impacts that has conformed. Impacts what? That or the people that has conformed to his, author his authority and his laws, his order, his culture. Let me make this smaller so I can read it myself here. Just give me a moment. All right, yeah. Here we go. Okay. The kingdom of Elohim, the kingdom of Elohim, or, you know, it's, it's translated God. The kingdom of God, kingdom of Yah, correctly, or kingdom of Elohim, is the place in which his influence impacts that or the people that has conformed to his authority, his laws, order, culture, and government. So you can see the difference here, right here between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of Yah or Elohim and it's translated God. The difference is the kingdom of heaven is the place where everything has conformed 100% to his what? Authority, his authority, his culture, uh, his order, you know, and he owns everything. And then the kingdom of God or properly said Yah or Elohim is the what has to do with the people and the place that his influence have impacted because you hear different ones saying well uh the uh, the kingdom of of god yah elohim is in me so i don't need to go to no church well just by making that statement doesn't mean that that's true the only way that that can be authenticated or the only way that that is uh uh, really uh, manifesting is that his influence has impacted your behavior and your lifestyle. So really you don't have to say it, you live it out and do it. And then you and me uh, through the uh, transformation process, we conform to the kingdom of heaven, government, order, rules, and culture. His impact, he has impacted us through his influence and we have 100% conformity. And none of us have made it 100%. So the kingdom and his rulership and his dominion that's manifesting through my lifestyle, that's a process. And at the rate that we, uh, he said, don't be conformed to this government or this world or this cu culture, or be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why Yeshua said uh, in Matthew, called Matthew 4 and 17, another government the kingdom government is here now but you got to change the way that you, you think so these are concepts you got to change the way you think keep that in mind change the way that you think now here's another concept of a kingdom the constitution is the covenant of a king with his citizenry and expresses or express the mind and will of the king for his citizens and the kingdom here's the constitution Every kingdom has a constitution. Kingdom of heaven have a constitution. That constitution is the covenant that expresses his mind and his will to the citizens. All right. The constitution, and this should be up to, the constitution is the documented and oral words of the king. Why did we say the documented and the oral words of the king? In the beginning, before Adam and Masa Ezenigad committed, high, before Adam, Adam committed high treason, before the both of them committed their act of rebellion against the government of the kingdom of heaven on earth, before they did that, the word was not documented. The word was orally communicated to them. He didn't write nothing. He spoke to them and gave them command. So uh, the oral communication of the father to his creation, his citizen, is the highest form of communication. That's the way it started off. And of course, we know we're not like that. He had to document stuff because of the rebellious acts that were committed. Now, let's get to the second part. The Constitution is the documented and or words of the king. The scriptures. I did not say the Bible because Bible means book of books. That's what it means. Uh, the Bible contains some of the written scriptures. Scripture means writings, contains books, 
writings that was get, were given to men as they were inspired by Holy Spirit. All the writings are not in the Bible. Remember, the Bible is a result of the Roman government, the Roman political leaders, the Roman instituted and established leaders. It was uh, the Roman Catholic Church. Remember that, the religious organization, the Romans got together and had different uh, meetings and council. One is the Nicene Council, and, and you can find this all on, just Google it and you'll find it. They got together and canonized the Bible. They did, not the Hebrews, not the original Israelites or the Hebrews or uh, those sages who were in Israel and the other people who were spread out who knew the word of Elohim and had connected with him. It was Rome, remember that, it was Rome, not the Holy Spirit, Rome, they got together and said, we're gonna throw these books out, we're gonna burn these, and we're gonna keep these, and that's what you call canonization. So the six, six books or scriptures, uh, writing of books that's in the Bible were put there, not by, again, the Hebrews, not by the original people of Elohim, but by Italians, Romans, and you need to really get that in your head because some people are just remaining, just, just choose to be stuck on stupid. I'm not being offensive, but it's time for things to change. We just got to come out of that. And I, most of you didn't even know that. Now, the scriptures contain the constitution. Now I say it, now you see what I'm saying? The scriptures, what did I say? I'm gonna say it again. The scriptures, let's get it back up here. The scriptures contain the constitution of the kingdom of Elohim, which details his will and mind for his citizens, not religion, uh, not Christianity, not Catholicism, not Judaism, not Islam, or any of that. He said the scripture, and we only have 66 books that contain writings of the scripture, and those have been manipulated also. So this should drive us to the point of saying, Holy Spirit, we depend on you to give us understanding. You don't get understanding of scriptures by asking a lot of questions. It doesn't work like that. There is a law that's set in Ephraim 1 and 17. Matter of fact, I'm gonna read that. Ephraim called Ephesians 1 and 17. I'm gonna go and share this with you right quick here. 1 and 17. Let's go there. 1 and 17. Now watch this right here, and we need to understand this, because, you know, we can learn stuff, you know, secular things, and how to drive a car, and how to do it, just ask a question, and instruction, give you an answer, that's fine. It's not like, with, like that with the living word, it doesn't work like that. Now, he, he says here, now, apostle, the apostle, Sheol, an apostle in the original language is Shalak, and uh, uh, the uh, Paul, or Saul, uh, those are English translations, from his original name, Sheu. So that's why we go back to the original. And remember, we're not following the Italians, we're not following Rome, we're not following Greeks, we're following the Holy Spirit, and we're following what the Hebrews left us. Okay, so he says in Ephraim, or called Ephesians 117, I keep asking that Elohim of Adonai, Yeshua the Messiah, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit, may give you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray, and I'm reading from the NIV version, I pray that the eyes, you can translate eyes as mind, I pray, so let's read it like it should be, that the mind of your heart or understanding may be enlightened. Only the Holy Spirit can give illumination or understanding of the word. And this is why David said, because I understand and love your precepts, your original thoughts, I'm wiser than my elders. Now, the understanding come by the Holy Spirit. I'm a teacher. I can teach you. That's it. I cannot give you understanding. The Holy Spirit has been designated as the governor in the earth to influence us and impact us. And that's the kingdom of Yah, or what's called, what we call God, the kingdom of Elohim in us. Only he can give understanding or illumination. You'll never get it no other way. So that's the key. Now let's go back to what we was reading on this particular slide here. So the scriptures contain the constitution of the king of Elohim, which details his will and mind, his will and his mind 
for his citizens. Know that I did not say Christians. I did not say Jews. I did not say Judaism because the scriptures is dealing with citizen of heaven. The concept that we need to get in us and when we get these concepts in us, our perception will change. And we'll say, wait a minute, I'm not religious. The scripture was given to citizens. See, the more you say citizen, the more it'll challenge you to think that, hey, I am a citizen of another country, another government. It's called the kingdom of heaven. When you say you something else, you just uh, expressing your connection to that particular religion. That's why it's so important to get this and get the kingdom concepts and it's time to change. Now, here's some more concepts dealing with a kingdom. Uh, number one, a kingdom is the sovereign influence, impact, rulership, and territory. Kingdom is what? Sovereign influence is impact, is rulership on a territory. Number two, a kingdom is the governing impact of a king's will, not the will of the people, not an organization, not a denomination, not a doctrine, not a creed. A kingdom is the governing impact of a king's will, intent, and purpose over a domain. Get this. A kingdom is a king's influence over people and their domain. Number four, a kingdom is a territory over which a kingdom, not the president, but a king rules and his government structure. Number five, a kingdom is a government led by a king impacting a territory. He didn't say led, led by a pastor. He didn't say led by a church. He didn't say led by a denomination. He didn't say any of that. He said led by a king, period. All right, now, since we got that, and I know some of y'all got to chew on it, you got to think about it, because you got to uproot all this religion out of your belief system. And some people, it really take a long time to get there because most people, and they don't know it, are really humanists, religious humanists. If you don't understand it, then you won't receive it. That's a primary expression or a revelation of a person who is saying, I'm a religious humanist. You cannot depend on yourself. You got to depend on Holy Spirit. Now, with that being said, we're going to go back up. We're talking about Holy Week, Unleavened Bread. Now, go to this first title page, and I want you to look at these pictures. Now, I got several pictures here, and, and the reason we did that is because most religious people are only conscious of Passover, okay? When you become a kingdom citizen, then you open yourself up for more understanding relative to the whole idea, okay? The whole idea. And the primary is not Passover. The primary is unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is a holy week in which Passover occurs. So that's why I got these pictures. I got uh, 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 Shemoth or Exodus, you know, where... 12, where you see this picture of they applying blood to the doorpost, and you see these brown uh, black people, and that's how the original Israelites look. Then you got the 49 days of the count, the Omer count, okay, counting of the Omer. I didn't know about the count of over, excuse me, counting of Omer, except what, five, six years ago I found out. And I found out that's how you get to Shavuot, you know, uh, uh, and, and what the uh, religious organizations and uh, uh, organiz organization called Pentecost. And then you got, here we go, the, uh, the uh, matzah, you know, the unleavened bread, and you got a cup, and you get a field out here because different things occur during unleavened bread. Now, let's, let's look at unleavened bread. Let's look at the original word for unleavened bread. Remember, Passover is a part of a seven-day Holy Week, not Ash Week, Ash Wednesday, or Pentecost Week, or Revival. No, it's unleavened bread. This is what the scriptures say, which is totally different from what religion say. Religion only focuses on resurrection and Good Friday and Easter Sunday. All of that is humanistic religion. You cannot find any of that in scripture, so that means that man made it up, and you can put that under the category of the tradition of elders, of leading teachers who taught that and brought it if you can't find it in scripture. All right, so we got the Hebrew word matzah, 
and uh, this is the Hebrew word for unleavened bread. Now, this is what it means in the sense, this is what the lexicons define it, and I'm going to break it down also in the, uh, and look at each Hebrew letter word. Yeshua said, that's me, and he is going to tell us also what it means. So in the sense of greedily devouring for sweetness. Masia. Okay, this is unleavened. A sense of greedily devouring for sweetness. Influence means, and unleavened means, uh, you're going to see when we get into this particular area, it has to do with influence. When he said unleavened bread, he wanted bread that was not being influenced by any other agent that would uh, cause it to change form and cause it to change appearance. So now influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. That's what influence means. Now, dealing with unleavened bread, what leaven does, another le a word for leaven is yeast. Yeast will impact, take an effect on the bread. Now, yeast uh, or leaven also is a type of religion, and you're going to see that during this teaching. It's a type of the culture of the world, the behavior patterns of the world, the uh, different way the world do things, different countries have, uh, you know, we talk about culture of different countries and all this stuff, the way a person eat, how they dress, how they act, music they listen to, how they think, all of that is culture, you understand? So uh, when you're dealing with uh, unleavened bread, then, or not being influenced by the culture of the world. He only wants the culture of the kingdom to influence us, and we're going to see that. So that's a key. Take it in your notes. But you see these definitions, because influence is the effect of leaven. The uh, leaven, uh, when he said unleavened, there's going to be something that the Father wants to devour because it's sweetness to him. See, when we are living a life of the kingdom and his will, his intent, his law, his rule, has influenced us to the point that it impact my lifestyle, my behavior. You see the culture impact, now take on his culture. That is what's sweet to him. That, what, that is what tastes good to him. That's what he wants to see in the earth. So this is why this word is used by the Holy Spirit, unleavened bread. He wants to devour that. He don't want anything that's been contaminated, anything that'll cause us to change or affect us if it's not his will, his desire, his agenda, his culture, his and, and what he wants us to do and how he wants us to act in the earth. Okay, now let's look at this. Now, during Holy Week or Unleavened Bread, several things occur. Let's look at this. The Holy Week of Unleavened Bread. Several special commands are given during the week of unleavened bread and we said special another word for holiness is special see when you live in a holy life you live in a special life that's unique and different from the normal way of living see kingdom citizens supposed to be special and live different from the way that the world uh, lives. You act different, you dress different, you eat different, you listen to different music. There is no mixture. And remember this right here, always remember this right, I got it. Always remember this. You can never ever integrate the kingdom of heaven with any religion or culture of the world. You, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I need my tech back in place. Just stay in place. It, it just doesn't work. Okay? So now let's look at this. Several, several commands were given during this special week. And this week, uh, this whole week is what you call a feast. And we're going to get into that, that meaning also. So you had number one was a day of preparation. These are all the events that occur, special things that happen during unleavened bread. And, and be honest with yourself. Uh, most Christians don't know a thing about unleavened bread because they've been taught not to study. They've been taught that that has passed by who? The elders who are passing down tradition. It's no different from the Pharisees. No different from the Sadducees. It's the tradition of the elders in Christianity that has been telling you that or whatever religion you're in, you have been instructed by them and they have no scripture to stand on zero now let's look at it so you got the day of preparation 
you got Passover. And this is what most, most of the, uh, the uh, one major religion of Christianity focused only on Passover. That's it. Because you've been taught that way. That's why I'm not bashing nobody. I'm not mad at you. Hey, we're here to educate you. Now, if you re resist it, that's you. I mean, people choose religion. Yeshua said himself, people choose tradition of the elders over his word. It happens all the time. Well, I've been doing it that way for years. I ain't changing. That's because you are religious, humans, a human, excuse me, a humanistic religion, religious person. Guess what? Yeshua hated humanists and he hated religion. All right, here's an, another thing that happened. On the first day of Unleavened Bread, there was a, uh, an assembly. All right, here's an, number four. Another, the beginning of the counting of the Omer, the offering of first fruits of barley. And, and, the, and when Yeshua came, the resurrection, all right, the seven day assembly. And also on the day of preparation, I didn't add it up, but the day of preparation also was a crucifixion. You know, uh, preparation. Crucifixion, Passover, Yeshua had the cedar. First day of assembly, you know, the unleavened bread began. Okay, so here are uh, at least seven things that happened during this week. A lot of people know about it, but most, be honest, you did not because you were not taught, just like I wasn't taught. I was only focused on pa uh, Passover, and that was it, and that was Easter, you know, and then you got Good Friday. All of that stuff is religion and is tradition of the Christian elders is not scripture. I just want to bring that in there. Prove it wrong. All right. Now, let's look at, we look, went over those kingdom concepts. Now, let's look at the origin of the holy days. Notice I put holy because they're special. Look at the origin of holy days. Let's go to that one right there, son. Okay, the Hebrew word for sign. In Bereshit 1 and 14. In Bereshit 1 and 14, let's read that. Bereshit 1 and 14, called Genesis, the original uh, beginning. Bereshit mean beginnings. And the more you use original language, the more you're going to uproot all of the Roman Greek perception and religion out of you because you will be eliminating all of that contamination of colonization of religion and other cultures. We in America and have more laws based on Rome than you do your own laws. Why do you think lawyers have to learn Latin? And if you go down in the courtroom, you see all these Latin expressions and phrases and stuff like that because Rome was known for law. America is simply an extension of Europe. Thank you. All right, Bereshit 114 says, and Elohim said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. One purpose. And let them serve as signs. And the NIV does a better, is a better translation than King James was New King James because it, it give more original meanings from the original language. And here's one instance right here. He said, let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. You see that? Sacred times and days and years. Now, the King James and the New King James say signs and seasons. You see, now, if you study from that and believe he's just talking about a sign, like a sign in the sky or a sign on the street and winter, summer, and fall, you miss the whole thing. You see it? That's how important it is to go to the original because the original truth has been covered up with translations. Okay? Now, let's go back to our slide here. Let's look at this. Now, the uh, Hebrew word for signs is the Hebrew word et, and it's also uh, uh, pronounced oath, olive tav or olive tav. Now, Yeshua is the et. That word sign, uh, you won't see it in zero translations other than original Hebrew language. If you go to a Hebrew Bible, uh, or the Hebrew scriptures or the Hebrew Tanakh. If you go and look at that verse, you will see Aletah. It is not put in zero, again, zero translation because they didn't know what it meant. Yeshua had to bring that revelation. So you see here, you got Aletah. Now I got in here, Yeshua called Jesus, you know, English, come from the Latin word Jesus. You know, his original name is Yeshua. He didn't change citizenry. He didn't become a citizen. And, you know, he didn't cut off his identity. He kept his original name. He didn't change it to Jesus. Okay. The translators did all that. That's another 
act of colonization. So Yeshua is the Olive Tar. Now, that word sign is at Olive Tar, and I'm gonna tell you what it means in a minute. And then the word for, now the NIV has sacred times, sacred, okay? Meaning they are divine. In the translations that have seasons, season is the word in the Hebrew word, moadib, moadib. When you see that word season, it's moadib. NIV uh, cleared it up and went ahead and put sacred times, and that comes from the Hebrew word moadib. And moadib means set feast or appointed time. Now, this is in Bereshit 114. And a lot of religious people, and I was in that category, were taught that the Old Testament had passed away. The biggest lie you can ever, uh, ever hear. So Genesis is a part of the Old Testament. So you can't go and learn about creation because that's passed away, right? Okay, you understand where I'm coming from now. So this book and this setting is the account of creation in the beginning. Moshiach, called Moses, wasn't nowhere around, okay? Uh, the law, what's so-called the law, wasn't nowhere around. You understand? So now we are going before all the religious stuff came in. So if he said that it's set, there's, there are set times, set feasts. The question, someone asked me this question, do the church keep the feast or do Christianity keep the feast? Well, if you're born again and a citizen of, of the kingdom, you do. But if you're following the traditions of your elders and religious and their humanistic rules and rituals, then you don't. I mean, you just decide what you're going to do. Because we see right here that it's in the word before man was put on the earth or created in the earth. The father set the feast days. He did it. Not man. He did it. OK. And he is not schizophrenic. He is not bipolar. He's not double minded. He don't do one thing here and then change it over there. Remember, one concept of the kingdom precept law of the kingdom is that the the king's word is law and the king's word cannot be changed therefore the law cannot be changed so what he has written is done all right so we see where that come from now that word moadib come from the hebrew root word yaad and it means to meet by appointment it's already said it was set before we got here and nothing has changed you know it's still the same so i want to show you that so you get what the original thought of Yeshua, the original thought of Elohim, God, you get his plan and not religion plan, his plan and how we should do stuff. And you can see how important it is that we get an understanding of these particular feast days. All right. Now, if you look at that word, uh, Olive Tav, right? Now, let's prove this out. Let's go. And we're going to look at what Yeshua said. Now, in the, the first verse in the book of Bereshit, that's in the Bible. The first verse is translated in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how it's translated in the English. In the Hebrew Bible, go to the Hebrew, it's translate Baroshi, Barah, Elohim, Et, Hashemim, uh, Haares. In the beginning, Elohim, the Olive Tav, who was the word, who was Yeshua, created the heavens and the earth. That's the correct translation based on the original language. That Aleph Tav is making reference to Yeshua being the word. The Aleph is the first letter word of the Hebrew alphabet. The Tav is the last letter word of the Hebrew alphabet. All right. It's not talking about a first and a last. What he's talking about, I'm the first word and the last word that is going to create and build other words that come from the Father. That's, that's, so the Aleph Tav, Yeshua is the express word of Elohim. He is the word of Elohim. He is the expression of the Father. So that is what he was saying, okay? Now, see, because we can't understand that from listening to whatever your religion is, the tradition of the elders, and, and try to understand this, your Bible. Is in your Bible, the scriptures in your Bible, and because we have not been taught from the original, all of this has been missing. Again, I'm not fighting nobody. I'm just giving you the original teaching from the original language, from the kingdom concepts. All right? Now let's look at what Yeshua said 
in the book of Hazan called Revelations. Let's get these three up. Now, these three verses we have here, I pull these from the, uh, the scripture version, the scripture version. And what these translators did, they put the names back, the original names back. They actually got rid of, excuse me, rid of the colonization of people names. You don't change it to an English name. These Hebrews were not Englishmen. Uh, they were under English law. They were Hebrews that had their own names. And again, this is why it's so important that you get the original names. And when you get the original names, each letter word that spelled that name will give its meaning. Okay. Now, Hazan 1 and 8. The word says, I am the Aleph and the Tav. He did never, ever, I repeat, never, ever, ever say Alpha and Omega. That is a transliteration, meaning it's not the original word meaning. It's a Greek, a Greek substitute. The Greeks were not the original Hebrews. The Greeks did not write the scripture. All right. I am the olive and the top. Now, beginning and the end, in your translations, it should be italicized because beginning and end was not in the original. It, it, they, it was not in the original Messianic scriptures. And even when they did the Greek text from the Messianic, it wasn't even in the Greek text. Uh, the Ethiopic version, the black African version is older than the Greek version. But many scholars have taught you that the Greek is original as old. How can it be original? It's not even the first. All right. Yeah, I'm going to stay on that. I'm going to stay on it until we wake up. All right. So he said, I'm the Aleph and the Tav. Really said, I'm the Ek. I'm that same Aleph Tav and Jen Barashid one and one. That's me. I'm the one that created the heavens and the earth. You seeing it? All right. Let's get another one. Hazan 21 and 6. And he said to me, it is done. Here's Yeshua talking. I am the olive and the top, the beginning and end. Look at Hazan 22 and 13. I am the olive and the top, the beginning and the end, first and last, was not in the text. It, the translators put it in there, infusing their thoughts and their religion upon what they thought he, he meant when he said the olive top. They thought he was talking about him being the first and the last. No, first and last didn't create the heavens and the earth, the word did. So Yeshua is the word. Alatab is the word. Okay. Got it? All right. So when he says, let them be for signs, he wasn't talking about signs. He was saying, let them be for the word. Let's translate it right now. Yeshua's the word who is the king for his divine appointed days, for his more deed, for his feast days. And he didn't delete his feast days. The king cannot delete his own word. All right. So all of the feast days, the holy weeks are designated for citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Those who have been born again. Now, again, Yeshua said the traditions of the elders, religious teaching calls his word to be non effect on those who are born. Many people are born again. They are saved. They are citizens of the kingdom, but they still don't have the knowledge of the truth because they're going through improper teaching and erroneous teaching. And that power of religion have locked them in. Many are looking at uh, you. What I've taught this and they'll see it. Oh, that don't matter. That's past. That's this. That's that. OK, that's ignorance talking. That's a religious humanistic thought being expressed by a person whose belief system is full of religion and humanism. Let's continue on, because I do have people out here who know the truth, believe the truth, and want the truth. All right, so now we explain, we done got that set, that the feast days were never appointed by Moshiach or man. They were already set before man stepped foot on the earth. That's established. Even the uh, first fruits given, uh, the feast of Sukkot, we find that in Barashit, Genesis chapter 4. You'll find that there. Uh, over in uh, Zechariah in the book of Hazan, you, you got the Feast of Tabernacle, even after uh, the tribulation and the thousand year reign of Messiah, after the great white throne judgment, you will see the Feast of Tabernacle over there. So how can they, something pass like that? Because again, of the religious teaching 
of the religious elders that people have gravitated to. And then when the truth come on the scene, it's like, oh, that's off. That's that's a bunch of this. Ooh, that, that. Stay away from that. All that kind of stuff. These fall, you got uh, two categories of teachers. Um, uh, uh, when I say teachers, I'm talking about anybody who claim to be a teacher, an apostle, a pastor, a prophet, whatever they may be. You got those who are deceived through bad teaching and a contaminated belief system. And you got the false ones. You got false teachers and you got teachers who belief system has been contaminated and you can only teach what you know. All right. So let's go to another point here and look at this. Look at my time. OK, and we're talking about unleavened bread, which is going to start next week on the Gregorian calendar, Wednesday evening. That's Nissan. Uh, that's the day of uh, preparation. That's when everything starts on the 15th of Nissan, excuse me, the 14th of Nissan, the day of preparation. And then the 15th will begin uh, next week. Right. Remember, the day of preparation ends on the evening and the Passover begins at the evening. See, on the Hebrew calendar, the calendar that Elohim gave to his people, people, the day end in the evening and the next day begin in the evening is called twilight. And see, the culture is so powerful that people have problems trying to make that transit. Wait, 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 I'm confused. I, I, listen, listen, listen. I understand. But until you open up and quit depending on your understanding, you won't get it. You got to get that out of there. The day ends in the evening. A new day begins in the evening. And there's a teaching out here that I heard uh, by one guy, and he's a great articulator and, and saying, no, it's not like that. It's the other way around. Anytime you hear somebody sounding too good, you know, and they're getting this stuff, and you can't find no kingdom precepts to base that on, you don't listen to that. Because you can't get rid of the, rid of the original thought that we find in Scripture. And people take... They'll take the Bible now and translations and they'll have you confused. It's the now the day began in the morning because this, that, and we see this and we, and we see all this stuff going on, just throw it out because that's humanism. That's a person giving you their thoughts. Holy Spirit will give you understanding. That's why it's so important to understand this right here. You, we, all of us need this concept in you. There's the spirit of truth and there is the word of truth. If you getting a word of truth without the spirit of truth, how do you know that word is truth? You got to have the spirit of truth to understand the word of truth. You can't take just doctrine and document this and I got this history book. Who wrote the history book? I mean, Americans, you definitely should know because, you know, in America, history book, a, a lot of lies, a lot of truth, but too much, too many lies are in there. All right. So if people can do that write stuff and deceive people and impose ignorance on people they did the same thing when they did the canonization of the bible and the translation you got to remember that all right now let's look at some other events that took place on uh this particular day and we're talking about uh passover remember their preparation is the 14th of nissan that's when yeshua was crucified we're gonna go through all that in a moment here uh i may need my wife to uh, i don't know if she had that we'll we'll get it let me do this right here. Let me just change something real quick here and do this like that. And I, you won't hear that no more. Okay, now, and I'm, I'm, we're going to go through that, look at scripture, and we're going to get some understanding now. All right. Now, Elohim makes a covenant. Here are uh, seven things I got that took place on Passover also. All right, now, and this doing actually the unleavened bread, the week of unleavened bread. Let me put it there right that way to make it correct. Elohim makes a covenant with Abraham concerning the promised land. On Nisan 14 and 430 years, 30 years exactly after this promise, Yisrael left Egypt, uh, Mitzram, or uh, ancient Chemite for the promised land. All during this unleavened bread, during this time. The Passover supper eaten in preparation for the Exodus during this particular time. Uh, the first Passover, the covenant renewed during this time the torah found and reaffirmed under king uh, josiah the first thing he did as a result was to celebrate the passover feast or feast of unleavened bread on nisan 14 in obedience to elohim i got god that we change it to elohim you, you catching this uh the dedication of the second temple in nisan 14 550 515 bc and celebration of the passover ezra 6 16 through 19 
Yeshua celebrate the cedar with his scholars and Yeshua revealed the new covenant. All of this, took, not on Easter, not on Ash Wednesday, whatever, all of this took place on the beginning of the Holy Week of Unleavened Bread. See, the Father synchronized these events around his Holy Weeks. As a matter of fact, remember Yeshua was crucified and resurrected during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Holy Spirit came back during the Feast of Shavuot. Uh, Yeshua was born during the Feast of Sukkot or called Tabernacle. Now I said Shavuot, uh, people say Pentecost, but that, that's a bad uh, name. Pentecost just means 50, that's it. You don't get nothing out of that but 50. And if you start studying the canon of the Omer, you'll find out that actually the 50th day of the canon of the Omer, the canon of the Omer is the main principle we need to understand, then we'll see how we get to Shavuot. You see it now? See how tradition and religion just keep you blinded and hinder you from walking in the full truth? You seeing it? Now those are seven things, so I can, we want to mark the importance of understanding Elohim's synchronization and his timing and how he do stuff. If he do stuff, do I say do or does? If he does stuff <laughs> like this, don't you think we should be doing? Yes, the Holy Spirit would lead us to do what? Be influenced by the kingdom of heaven. That influence impact us and we change the way we live. Okay, no more Easter, no more this, no more that. We change my life been impacted. But as long as I'm doing it the other way, I haven't come under his influence to the point that it impact me to change my life. See, that impact would knock and uproot all those religious contaminated doctrines out of there, you see. All right, now, let's look at this. Our time is winding down. Let's look at this. Now, let's look at, um, hmm, we'll start this. I'm going to do it like the Holy Spirit instructed me. He said, don't rush it. We can teach it every day. Uh, you know, the scripture said all things work together for the good for those who are called according to the purpose, the will, and the word of Elohim. Now this coronavirus has put people at home, more people are getting this teaching now than it ever would have in history. More people, can you see that? Now more people, now I didn't say he sent it. Some believe that, but I don't because when he sent something, believe me, you're gonna know about it. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be nobody here by this time if he had sent something. But anyway, uh, but it's here, and he is using it to work out some good and get his original truth to people who need it, who never would be at home to get it. The other thing uh, about uh, this right here is that on the original scripture calendar, 5781 has begun. The year began uh, last Wednesday on Nissan 1st. Now the civil year, civil, excuse me, year, Begin and that's where the, uh, the elders started that man got in that started silver year in um, Tishri that's around September, but the Say uh, what they call the sacred or divine year for the people of Elohim has begun We're in five seven eight one right now that's scripture the other one I don't have no scripture for that, but this is scripture Nissan or it wasn't Nissan it's just the first month of the beginning of the year. That's how the scripture lays it out. It don't have, scripture don't have names today. The scripture uses numbers and the reason is like that because each Hebrew olive bet have a corresponding number. You can go back to that olive bet and see what the meaning of that number is. Okay, so we are already in 5781 and the, the, the number 80 means the power of the Father's word. It has to do with the spoken word. It has to do to do with being being taught the word it has to do do with being educated and we're in a new decade so now we're in a in a, the first year of this decade of the 80s and the number one again makes reference to the father source leader and strength so the strength of his word the power of his word the teaching of his word is a priority for the next 10 years for all kingdom citizens look at it now I just stated about this historical event that has taken place where people are at home and what they're being, what's being done now? They have the opportunity to be taught the word of God and be Elohim and be educated. That's, now that's awesome to me. That's totally awesome. Now let's look at this right here and we're gonna uh, close it out. Like I said, then we're gonna come back 
uh, the course of these next days going into uh, Nissan 14th day of preparation and we're gonna do a cedar here a cedar however you want to put it and uh, we're gonna explain the traditions there and what's based on scripture and what's not we're gonna get in that too and some people trip on that Holland auger but you go get a rabbit and I don't see rabbit in the scripture nowhere nowhere I don't see no chickens with no eggs nowhere but people will value that above the symbolics and the things that are used during a Seder cause of what bad teaching just point at yourself I've been taught wrong now it's time for me to change and get the right teaching if I'm ever going to be effective on this earth all right Passover Passover all right let's look at uh Shemoth called Exodus 12 uh, 1 through 28 uh, I got 12 through I got 14 through 16 up here so let's get that up but before we go there before we go to that verse hold on let me let me say that you got Passover and we're going to deal with the lamb for Yeshua was the lamb for ordained before the foundation of the world okay let's go back to this right here where I got this Passover and I got some scriptures then I got the lamb and Yeshua was a lamb for ordained before the foundation of the world before the foundation of the system of the world Yeshua already knew what he had to do because the father knew what man would do even before he created him yet he created him because he knew he had a plan to get him back to him now that's awesome now uh first I got Peter first Kepha 1 and 20 he talking about Yeshua was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake so when you start going back to scripture and original teaching and you try to bypass Yeshua who is the chosen lamb then you bypassing death the you bypassing the protection of the blood of the lamb to keep you from death or being separated from the father you can have head knowledge and yet not be born again and death will not pass you over or eternal separation from the father will not pass you over and that's what it was all about that what Passover was all about you know was that blood of the sacrificial lamb was marked on their doorpost and that door is it look is uh is a uh, uh you, you think about Dalet, the fourth letter of Hebrew Olivet which means access or entry uh to the kingdom of heaven or the government or authority of heaven when you spell the word Dalet out and Yeshua said I am the door I am the Dalet I am the entryway I'm the access I'm the government I'm the authority I'm the way that you get back restored to your right place of, of your right position of righteousness getting your dominion back and getting the country of the kingdom of heaven back in the earth like I wanted it at first so when you think about that blood being placed on the door that's what it was talking about it took his blood in order for us to pass back or for death eternal separation from the father to pass over it didn't delete it it passed over because a lot of people are still going to be eternally separated because they never received and never obeyed the instruction pertaining to the blood of the lamb and that is receiving him and receiving his lordship acknowledging what he did to get us back into get that portal open back up and give us the authority to re-enter what we fell from now we didn't never fall from heaven we fell on earth because Adam and Master Ezenege had committed act of rebellion on the earth so our restoration would take place where on the earth we didn't get born again to go to heaven we got born again to carry out our original mandate where on the earth so a lot of people still stuck they just got the blood and marked the door and stepped and that's that's all they did just standing there looking out the door not doing anything because that's what's been taught okay so he was chosen before now let's read uh Shemot, exodus 12 14 we got it up here and we're going to go back and teach teach believe me we're going to cover all of that in detail now it says this is a day you are commemor uh, to commemor commemorate for the generations to come you shall celebrate it as a festival now what's a festival a moadib what's a moadib a divine appointed sacred time that was done by the king himself not by man not by religion but by the father himself a festival to who not to the jews not to the church not to islam not to nobody but to yahweh a lasting ordinance to him okay 
For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. And what is yeast? Another word for yeast is influence. Anything that's influencing them, we're gonna show you what we should be doing during those seven days in terms of what yeast uh, actually. Let me slow down. The yeast that he was making reference to. Let me stop reading and explain something here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, you got, when you deal with the law, you got more than one component. You got the intent of the giver of the law, which is the spirit of law, and you got the documented law, which is the law itself or the acts of the law. Yeshua came back to restore the spirit of the kingdom law. You remember over in Matthew, called Matthew 5, when he said, you said, or your elders and their tradition said, if a man commit adultery, then blah, blah, blah. If a woman commit adultery, then blah, blah, blah. But then he went on, to say, went on to say, check it out for yourself. He said, but I say unto you, I'm the giver of the law and I'm gonna give you my intent and I'm gonna put my spirit back into this particular law that I gave to govern marriage. He said, I say to you that if you think about it, then you are already guilty. You see it? So heaven, the kingdom of heaven law deal with the thought religious law and humanistic law only deal with the act because a lot of people don't change unless, unless until they get caught in the act and many times uh believers are struggling trying to get an understanding because you're focusing on the act you're not looking at the spirit of the law the intent his original idea his purpose his precept will explain and breathe, breathe life onto that law so you can understand what he was talking about. Law is a governing principle, you understand? So he said, if you, if you think about doing this, then according to the kingdom of heaven, you're already guilty. And see, if we catch it there, the act will never be committed. So when you think about the laws of the kingdom, it, if, you really, if we really allow the laws of the kingdom to have free course and learn the laws of the kingdom, the acts will never take place. Now let me continue to read. For seven days you ought to eat bread without yeast, and that's why I came with that yeast. Yeast is the influence of the world culture and focusing on, uh, it'll manifest in acts. So he want to get rid of that, and he want the spirit of his law, and that's what he what? Greedily devours. Okay, he said on the first day, remove the yeast from your houses, for whoever eats anything with yeast in it, from the first day through the seventh day must be cut off from Yisrael. Oh, you see that? He was talking about Yisrael and all that teaching I just gave you. So you just, just want to be stuck on stupid then. That's all I can say to a thought like that. And here it is for the other people who just don't know. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a real nice guy. Yisrael, their mandate was to be a prototype of a kingdom nation in the earth that all other nations could learn from and come into. Yisrael, or what's called Israel, Yisrael, the word was never given to them only. It was given to them for them to give to others. So that precept will eliminate when you see scriptures and you say that's for Israel. No, because again, Yisrael was a prototype nation who were supposed to express the national or the national culture of a kingdom governed nation by heaven in the earth that all other nations were to conform to. So that eliminate that erroneous doctrine. So when you're reading, keep that in mind. I was taught this, oh, that was for Israel alone. That was for, and then I found out dealing with kingdom con, when I got kingdom concepts, I said, wait a minute, what, what was their mandate? Their mandate was the same mandate that Adam had. And that was to bring the culture of heaven in the earth. So the 10 national laws, who did he give the 10 national laws to that every nation on earth lived by those laws that got them instituted in their natural law? He gave it to the nation of Israel, Israel to be their prototype. Every nation you become a citizen of, they'll say, if you kill somebody, you're going to jail, or you don't want to become a part of that nation. If you steal somebody, you steal, you're going to jail. If you do that, where do you think they get it from? Okay, all right, so that, that eliminate that, so that's for, all believers, including those who under the category of, 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 of Christianity, and you say you the church, is for you too. I know they told you wrong, but they didn't tell you right. Now, so that's for people who don't know, but I had, I had to just say that other one, because some people just, you know. Now, verse 16, on the first day, hold a sacred assembly, and this what a religion called going to church. The scriptures say assemble. Assembly is a kohal, 
and the Adia or the ambassadors are the one that come together. And another one on the seventh day, do no work at all on these days, what, the first and the seventh, except to prepare food for everyone to eat, that is all you may do. So you see that the Father is the one who wants us to fellowship and eat and have a good time. And you know, you go out and food is there, everybody. So the, 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 the holidays are not this strenuous, oh, you gotta sweep your house with this. Oh, you can't have that cloth over there, all of that come from European Jewish tradition. That's where it came from. It didn't come from the original Israelites or the original Hebrew. And you know, I got to do this and I got that and I got that and I got that. But where the, where's the spirit of, of all of that? Where's the intent of the one who, who, who commanded us to do these things, okay? So what we're gonna do, we're gonna stop there and we come back, uh, we're gonna get, talk about the chosen lamb, the examination of the lamb, the slain lamb, the power of the blood, the covenant meal, the four cups, communion, and then we're going to get into this influence and this leaven. Then you understand, because people already asked me, but what should we do? That's what's right there in the scripture. Okay, just don't eat unleavened bread. Okay, that's the act. What is the spirit, the intent of it? I'm going to tell you now. It's influence. Yeast, leaven is influence. So seven, there's a seven-day cleansing period, spiritual cleansing and separation coming up during unleavened bread where you can eat and have a ball absent from the influence of religion, tradition of the elders, and the influence of the world. That's what's coming up. Now, if we get a hold of that, you'll be so excited. And by the way, um, we'll be uh, streaming. Uh, our Seder, 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 however you want to pronounce it, people trip off that too, okay? Keep tripping. And uh, you'll be able to just watch us do that. We'll be in our home. We do it every year. Sometimes we have, uh, be packed out in here. We have did it at our location. We was in a particular location. And I, and I have, I got people asking me what to do. All right. For the main thing, starting right now, even to receive this teaching, come under, out from among them, excuse me, come out from among them, religious folk. And then he said, I receive you. All right. So I'm asking you to lay down your religious glasses, lay down all that stuff, and just hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Now we did mention, as we were closing, we did mention about the blood and marking those, those doors, the door of our hearts, the entryway to our heart, if it have not been marked or cleansed by the blood of Yeshua, which he gave up his blood to do away with the rebellious act that was committed by Adam. When he did it, everybody were in him, so everybody did it. And the only way we can be restored is for a last Adam or the original Adam to give his blood to make available for every person on this earth to get restored back, okay? And that's what we have called salvation. Now get a kingdom concept uh, of salvation. That's why Yeshua did that. So that death, which is separation from light, from the Father, it'll pass over. It's not going to stop. It's eternal. There will be a eternal separation of the Father from some of his created beings who chose to reject what the last Adam did to restore them back. He's not going to have anyone here on this earth carrying out the mandate he gave mankind at first who have darkness in them. And that's where you got called a place of hell. You know, hell is eternal separation from light. Spirits never die, souls never die. Some people don't believe in that. Well, only thing I can say, that's a bad spot to be in. I want you to consider. Now, if you heard us and you listen to me right now, and you want that blood applied to your heart so that the kingdom influence and come back into you. Uh, there are scriptures all through the Bible, tell you, Bible, through, I mean, verses all through the scriptures contained in the Bible to tell you how to do that. It's going to be based on, again, not trying to figure stuff out. Holy Spirit, I believe what I hear. But I'm saying that, that word go in your belief system. And that word is in your belief system are going to come out of your mouth as a person thinks, so are they. And when you speak out of your mouth, you speak out of your mouth what has already took place on the inside. And you declare, Yeshua, you are my owner. You are my Lord. I belong to you. I don't belong to myself. I renounce darkness. I renounce rebellion. It no, I no longer want this in me. 
And at the moment you do that, then a supernatural change takes place. The Holy Spirit regenerate you, put genes back that were lost in your spirit. And now your spirit is connected back with the Father's spirit. That's what it takes. That's what you need to do. Again, knowledge and doctrine alone would never get it. A lot of people out here learn a lot of stuff that is not going to get it. And so take the opportunity of this time that we are in and do that. Once you do that, do not rush to a church. Find you a place, an assembly that's kingdom based, that the influence of that assembly and that leader is based on the king and his authority and his will with no compromise. None whatsoever. That's the only way to do it. I appreciate you much. Shalom. We'll be back to you, with you, possibly tomorrow. You know, we're going to be teaching. Uh, look for the notification. That's why we said turn it on if you're on YouTube, even if you're on Facebook, other social media platforms, turn that notification on so you can catch the remainder of this teaching. We're going to go all the way through. Appreciate you, appreciate you so much.